This is episode 193 of the Focused Mindset Podcast. In this episode, you get to listen in on a conversation that I had when I spoke recently at Solution Focused Schools Unlimited. And also, you get a chance to join our three-day How to Lead with Hope Challenge. It's live right now. It's free to you, and I want you to be a part of it. You can click the link right below in the show notes, or you can go to thefocusedmindset.com slash leadwithhopechallenge. And over three days, you are going to get transformative, tailor-made steps to help you put in practice the things that I talk about in my TEDx talk, How to Lead with Hope, Solution-Focused Conversation Navigation. So meet us there and let's get started. This is the podcast where you learn how to build stronger connections and have better conversations using the solution-focused approach. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a solution-focused life coach, and each week we learn new strategies so that we can build our families strong and be the person that we were always meant to be. You can learn more about our products and services by going to thefocusedmindset.com or hop over to Amazon to get 30 Days to Higher Hopes. And today I'm gonna do something a little bit different. We're going to talk to a group of counselors and you'll get to listen in on that conversation. We're gonna get started in just a few minutes. But one thing you're gonna notice is that I'm going to introduce the latest little adventure that I've done for you all and that is the three-day how to lead with hope challenge. And this is a really cool challenge that gives you the opportunity to walk through the things that I taught in my recent TEDx talk and then really implement them in your life in three focused days. And it will launch you into a place where you're ready to have a mindset of hope and then affect others in the same type of way. Now I'm going to be talking to a uh, mostly a group of school counselors. So we're going to allow this to be an opportunity to take in things through your lens and also hear how I approach things um, through the lens of a counselor. So um, I hope you enjoy. Let's get ready to get started. Today, I really want to talk about how we can reimagine what's possible in our conversations. Because many times, we hear that, well, Linda talks about it. it's a mindset. You know, people come and say, how do I do that? Give me the nuts and bolts. Tell me all the solution focused questions that exist. And what about this situation and that situation? And then, and this is the type of thing that I hear as a solution focused coach now when people are figuring out how they're gonna do it, right? But the interesting thing is that we go back to saying it's a mindset. And that seems so like, what are you talking about? I mean, it's a mindset, whatever, but tell me how to do it. And I'm telling you, it is a mindset because we need to reimagine what's possible in our conversations and allow us to look at our conversation to think, I'm going to invite hope in. I am going to invite hope to join me in this conversation. And that is a mindset shift that absolutely redefines each conversation that you have. And it doesn't matter if you're talking to the youngest of your students or a teacher 
or an administrator or a colleague. If you go in with the mindset of, I want to invite hope to this conversation, then you're going to be looking for that opportunity, right? Our mind is going to shift from taking in the problem and thinking, what am I going to say next? And, and oh my gosh, this is a really big problem. Well, solution focus work for this. And this internal dialogue that's just starting to roll in our head. And we pump the brakes on that. And we say, hold on now. I'm going to remind myself again that I'm here to invite hope into the conversation. And then we see these exceptions that pop up before us. Now, this is important for us to grasp before we go into this area of hopelessness because, um, you know, my, I, I've seen it. We've all seen it. Hopelessness is something that's pervasive and it attacks our thoughts. It attacks the people that we're talking to. We can almost uh, guarantee that they've had a moment of hopelessness, if not be completely engulfed in that in the last even week. And that's not being negative by owning that and, and realizing that when you go into a conversation. That's being real. Hopelessness is all around us. It's almost like our mental health system has been flooded with people that are overwhelmed, frustrated, and hopelessness has overcome them. And many of them have become apathetic about life. I I learned that the CDC names hopelessness as one of the biggest predictors that someone is contemplating suicide. But then I got to thinking about it through a solution-focused lens of what I've seen when hope enters into people's life. And I'm going to say a statement that might kind of blow your mind. The person that actually follows through with suicide, the sad thing is that they found hope in the darkest place their ability to control the only thing that they think they can control, and that's their ability to end it all. That's why we know that when we, after the math of something like this, the person says, oh, they seem so happy a few days before. Doesn't that, though, shine light on the power of hope itself? People are so quick to dismiss hope as the answer to hopelessness. But when we go into a dark room, the answer is turn on a light and you're going to have some light. And for us to realize that hopelessness is all around us allows us to reignite that ability to say, I want to have conversations that invite hope to the conversation, into the, each and every one of the conversations, like I said. And um, that's kind of what the, my, the whole goal of the TEDx talk that I did recently that posted in um, December was for us to be able to share the solution-focused message that when we think about if we're inviting hope rather than everything that's on our mind and our agenda, we can be powerful. And it doesn't matter if we're talking to our neighbor, our friend, our spouse, our child. And also, to be able to allow people to know that there's a better way through the solution-focused approach. So after, even in this last couple of months, I've had people reach out to me and show me their notes and the things that they wrote because I go through a lot of things really quick at the end where you guys will probably be like, well, yeah, there's her solution-focused questions. Bam, 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 let's do it. But some other people are kind of like, okay, slow down, let's practice this. I want to let you know that I have a three-day hope challenge 
that I'm calling the Lead with Hope Challenge, and I put the link in the, uh, the chat here for everyone to do. And it would be so fun to do it all with you guys. It's an opportunity for us to engulf ourselves in a mindset of hope. And it takes three days of intensive, it's just emails coming to your you know, email box. So you can open it whenever, but when you get into it, you're able to say, okay, this is my time to focus on my own mindset and remind myself of the way that I need to be when I go out there and talk to the next student, the next client, the next person that needs my help it's a great situation because, you know, day one, day two, day three, right when you're thinking, oh, I'm kind of forgetting about that, boom, it's right in your face again. So I really challenge you to go through those three days with me. Uh, I um, have responded to many people already that have done it, and I'd love for each and every one of you to check it out. There was a time not so long ago when I was a high school counselor, I was moved to a high school, and it was a middle college high school with no training. There was no other counselors with me, and I got moved the day before school started. So uh, it was a mess. The person before me had gone out on stress leave, so there was nothing really going on that I could glean from as far as how to do this job. And I was struggling with hopelessness big time. And I remember one day I sat and I didn't even want to get out of my car. And I actually write about this in my journal in one of the st stories that I share. I just, I just had my head down. I said, forget this. The swirling thoughts. Why are you doing this? Why even bother? They don't need you anyway. Were flowing through my head. And, and I looked up for a moment and then I saw a student walking in the door. And it was Cody. And he was one of the kids one of the seniors on my non-grad list and did have a path to graduation. And I think that hope, bringing hope into the conversation needs to happen even in the places where we assume that we're going to throw it out the window. And I think that happens sometimes when we're looking at report cards. And I think report cards is a really good example of, of actually how we should approach our life differently through a hopeful solution-focused lens that day uh, and I, I sat there and said you know if you had no barriers in front of you and you could put your past behind you what's your hope for this year and he said well it's to graduate but look at my grades and I said okay let's do that and I popped his grades up on the screen and I popped his transcript up as well and I had it printed I started highlighting all the classes that he had passed. And he could see that there was a pattern there. He'd passed some. And I didn't focus on the fact that maybe it was a, you know, 64 or a, you know, whatever, the lowest D you could have. I focused on the assignments that he had gotten done. And then I said, how are you doing that? I said, you know, last semester, you passed every one of your classes. You do that again, and you graduate. And he kind of got a grin. And I said, you've done hard things before. You can do it again. Why don't we just make this happen? And off he went. Now, it wasn't lost to me that that was the same advice that I needed to take in that very moment. So let's take a minute. Ask a question. If we want to invite hope to the conversation, then we first 
stick with highlighting what's going well and then hearing from them. What do they think about this? What is their plan? What rings true to them? Because if you put your own idea of what you think is true, I could say, you know what? You really do have to make up that history. You're not even going to graduate with that. Or I, they know that. They can figure that out. They could tell me that they wanted to think that the hopeful approach surprises people because you guys were really quick to write all of the things that were, um, you know, you know right away the things that smashed you down when you were full of hopelessness and hoped to move out of it because we remember that on the forefront of our mind. When we react differently, they're going to remember because our mind perks up and goes, oh, that was different. What was different about that? And that is why when you invite hope into the conversation in any situation, you take, I mean, whether we're looking at a report card like this or whether we're looking at any other situation, when we choose to highlight that good in such a way that promotes what they would really want in their life, it makes such a huge difference. And it really does change their mind to be able to reimagine the possibilities in their life. And that is when hope entered in when they're able to reimagine, even in the smallest little scale, that something else might be possible. They, they can face the fact that, you know what? The grades are on the books. I got an F in history. There's no, there, there's no way around it. Here it is. It's okay. Because facing it allows us to say, okay, now where is a way, where is the spot that I need to reimagine this situation to find hope, even if it's in a different thing, and then move forward towards that. With my story with Cody, uh, he did graduate. I saw a huge change in him. After he, uh, we had that conversation on that day that I was almost ready to turn the car around and peace out <laughs> the whole school, right? He had this thing in him that wasn't like, eh, probably, I don't know, maybe graduating is not possible. And he lived with purposeful hope. And I never really understood the, the full uh, extent of that conversation, but I wrote about it, like I said, in my actual, uh, in my book, because I knew that that moment meant so much to me. Well, after I uh, did my talk, I, as you can imagine, had people emailing me saying, you know, what they thought about it. And I just kind of, you know, uh, browsed through my DMs. And one of them caught my eye. And it said, hey, Mrs. Kretz. And it was Cody. And I haven't even talked to him since that day. Well, since he graduated, since the day I hugged him and said, congratulations. And, uh, and here he is on my social media. He's been my friend on social media. You know how that is. And he says, hey, Mrs. Kretz, I listened to your entire talk. He said, now I will say listening to any podcast or speaker besides Joe Rogan is nails on my chalk the chalkboard for me. So I hope that says something. <laughs> and he said, you were a big help to me in high school. You played a big role in my graduation. And I do think instilling hope and giving me praise was huge for me because I was constantly ridiculed and put down. And I felt like no matter what I did, it was wrong. And I kind of adopted a mentality that if I can't do anything right, then what's the point? And I responded, oh, well, you had lots of leadership qualities you just hadn't realized yet. And he responded, honestly, if you had told me to get straight A's, 
I probably would have just dropped out or continued flunking. He said, but because you made graduating seem so achievable and outlined it in minimal effort, it was like, well, crap, I can certainly do this. <laughs> and then the next response, he says, Ms. Kretz, I was the first one in my family to graduate from high school on my dad's side. And now I have a criminal justice degree and I'm raising a family of my own. Who would have thought? And my response was, I never questioned, I never had a question in my mind that you could do it. And as I'm reading that text, I'm thinking about how close I came that very day to turning around and leaving because of hopelessness in my life. And it shows that we need to take hold of our own mindset so we can affect others in the way that we need to. It made a difference to Cody. I found that out 10 years later, the extent that it did. And this is why we do this. You guys may know this book, Hope Rising. It's full. I love this book, but it's full of all kinds of documents that tells us that when we ask people, what is your hope and help them move and get in action towards that, that they can raise their levels of hope scientifically proven. So thanks, science, for catching up with us, because we already knew that. If you want to learn more about that research, pick up the book Hope Rising. It will change your life. Okay, right now, I cut in because at this point, we ended our webinar that you just listened into, and then there were some questions. And one question was, what do we do if kids don't know what they're going to do? And I'm going to answer right here. Yeah, um, I think that does commonly happen that they don't know exactly where they're, you know, we get the I don't know thing. And then we can use the trick of saying, well, if you did know, what would you know? That's a really good way to, for them to get out of their I don't know phase. Um, because for me, honestly, I never really believe that that's true. I believe that they do have an inkling of knowing something about where they want to go. And sometimes it's in the frame of where they don't want to go. You know, if they're so used to the negative, uh, many times they'll frame it like, I don't know, I just don't want to blank. And then you can reframe it and say, so if you didn't do that, what would you be doing instead? And in some cases, you do need to use your professional judgment to say, so if you wouldn't be doing that, the opposite would be, and then offer that up. And they might have a light ball moment and be like, well, yeah, it is. And then you can move forward with that. And when I'm listening carefully to for the exceptions, you will find that you'll hear differently, like I said, and then you can point out because I'll ask a question and then a child will say, yeah, but, you know, da, 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 just a throwaway sentence. And you realize that that throwaway sentence had hope in it and it had a desired outcome in it. So you could pull and say, oh, well, what about that one day? Or, oh, well, what about that? So it ends up being that you, you're digging a little bit, but in a respectful way. Thank you for joining me with this unique and interesting podcast, right? You got to kind of get a little feel for how I talk to some of my colleagues. And, and you know, the, the important thing that we really want to take away in this podcast is that no matter who you're talking to, you can help them completely reimagine their future when you allow hope to enter the conversation. And if you're interested in learning more, please head over to YouTube and look up how to lead with hope. 
and my name share Kretz, TEDx and you can watch the entire TEDx and you can get some of those nuts and bolts along with the message of hope that I do share in order for us to start putting this in practice. And like you heard me talk about, the three-day hope challenge is on. It is time. I have spent time going through the um, each and every point that I make in that TED Talk and picked out some things that will launch you into the next three days with such a high level of hope and remembering how to do that with others that it will it will put you in a place where finally you can say, doesn't matter that this year feels like it's flying by. I can lead this year with hope. This will be my year of hope. And this will be the year that I take hope into my conversations. You can do it with the Lead with Hope three-day challenge. So click the link and get on in there with me and it'll be a blast. And now it's time for us to sign off. So until next time, live solution focused. Bye-bye. Before you go, don't forget to check the show notes where I'm going to leave the links to my social media and the different places you can find me. And I want to invite you to be a part of my email community. It's absolutely free. And this year I'm doing so much writing and so much reflecting, and I want to send things directly to you. I send the special notes to my email community and you can email me right back. You have a direct line to ask me questions without any barriers of a website or anything. Check the show notes for that link or go to thefocusedmindset.com. And if you click on getting the journal prompts, you also automatically are able to be a part of my community. And if you're interested in supporting this program, there's three ways to do it. One, make sure you're following this program so it comes up as one of your favorites. Two, share it either on your social media or with someone you love straight to their email. And the third is to leave a review. And I love reading those. By supporting this program, we're helping people be solution focused. See you next week.